Good morning, everybody. Hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday morning. Welcome back to the Two Peas on a Pod podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday morning. This is Austin Griffiths coming at you today. We're on the phone with a friend of ours from Cincinnati, Ohio. And a lot of you may know him, some of you may not. But we have with us today brother Brian Miller. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Some of you may have heard um, of late some of the things that's happened in his life, and some of you have may not, but he uh, has a testimony of the power of God and prayer and uh, just God moving in his life, I mean, just in the last month and a half or so. And so anyways, we're going to turn it right to him. And so we was in revival at PHT around Easter, and we went Sunday morning through Friday, I believe it was. And so, Brother Brian, you had approached me um, probably at the beginning of that week and had mentioned that you wasn't feeling well and to forgive you for, you know, not possibly being as Pentecostal as you should have been because you just <laughs> wasn't feeling as great. Absolutely. I remember that well. <laughs> Yeah, I had just had, just a few weeks prior to your revival, you and Sister Kelly coming, um, I had took a fall and messed up my shoulder, and so they had found that my growth plate did not attach from birth, so when I tore my bicep in the fall, they had to tear or cut that bicep and reattach it because they were removing the bone that had calcified over. So I'd been in a lot of pain with my shoulder that week. I thought that's what it was, but we found out later that shoulder pain is resonating pain from what I would face later on toward the end of that revival. Right. And so you had came several nights. I think you had a prior obligations one night, and that was the night that God had moved on us to preach on healing. I think yes, the sir. title was, if you have it, he can heal it. And uh, yes, felt, felt God in a great way, that service. And uh, that was the one night you all had prior obligations and couldn't make it. And, yeah, that uh, was the only night we missed until Friday. Yeah, and so they talked about, you know, they talked about, you know, he preached on healing tonight, and, you know, God really moved in that altar call and that service. And then so that was uh, f Friday afternoon. We, we had went through and um, just had a wonderful time there at PHT, just an awesome church. Appreciate them, and uh, your dad's the pastor, Brother David Miller. Yes, just all the people, just so wonderful. We had a great time. And Friday, right before, uh, probably 30 minutes before service, I'd walked in a little bit early, and Brother David just told me the news. And so if you just want to just start from right there, you was on your way to church. Yes, sir. So I had started feeling, I know I told you I'd felt bad um, that Sunday and Tuesday I took a turn for the worse and was feeling really, really rough. And I had therapy that morning on the shoulder and thought that he had really, that he had messed my shoulder up again, not realizing what I was getting ready to face. And that Wednesday, Thursday didn't feel good. You know, pressed out, came to church. And on Friday on my way, I had called mom and dad, told them how excited we was for the revival because you had been preaching phenomenal. And sister Kelly would have been singing the house down. We were excited. And as I got on the interstate, the worst pain I had ever felt hit me in my shoulder, but it went to my chest. I thought I was having a heart attack. 
And I had just got on the interstate and I started pouring the sweat. Could not hardly think. I had lost some of my train of thought, not realizing what I was going through. So I turned my car around to come home, knew I was going to have to go to the hospital. By the time I got home and got out of the car, my son had to catch me. They said I was passing out as I stepped out of the car, just sweat everywhere. And by that time, it was it went from my chest down my sides to the pit of my stomach. They rushed me, 911, to the hospital. When I got there, they immediately ruled out the heart attack that everybody thought and came in and told uh, me and my wife that they thought we had uh, blood clots in our lungs, which everyone knows isn't good. And so they was checking that. And another doctor come in and said there was other stuff wrong, and they sent me for a third MRI that night. When they got the results back of the MRI, they came in. They told Mr. Miller, we're going to have to move you. You need to have emergency surgery. I asked what was wrong, and they told me, they said, sir, you're trying to die. You're bleeding to death inside. If we do surgery here, you will not live. So they had their ambulance come and pick me up, put me on the gurney, and wheeled me out. We took the trip to St. Elizabeth Edgewood over there in northern Kentucky, for those of you that know. And they wheeled me straight back into surgery and told my family, said, you may as well go home. We're going to check maybe an hour or two before surgery anyway. So my family said their goodbyes. They went home, and it was a couple hours later that Dr. England came in. And he told me, said, we have one or two choices. And I said, okay. He said, if, he said well, I can treat you. He said, we have blood clots all over. You're bleeding internally. And we have to remove your spleen. It's getting ready to, to burst. He said, if I treat you, you will die today. And you'll die very quick. And I said, well, then we only have one option, right? And he said, well, we need to call your family. We need to discuss the surgery and how serious it is. And I wasn't thinking straight and didn't realize how close I was to death. And I said, well, how, you know, what's my chances of making it through surgery? He said, we'll call it 90%. But he told my family later, he didn't think I'd live. From there, they rushed me into surgery and found that I had a spleen that was over eight pounds. Normal spleen is two to four ounces and an infected is four pounds. He said that when he got in to surgery, there was blood all over my body. I'd lost 40% of my blood, blood clots everywhere. And he said when he got in there to remove the spleen, it was bursting. And he said, I had four seconds medically to get that out or you would have not lived. Wow. And I remember uh, coming back when I came to myself laying in the hospital, um, not really knowing what was aware, or not aware of what was going on. So my family started talking to me about how serious things in my life were and of course from there we had a long road so what let's see that would have been the week after revival i guess so what day how many days were you in the hospital i was in the hospital right just a little under three weeks so we went that friday night of your revival they did surgery that saturday morning i stayed in the the sicu the surgical intensive care from Friday evening to the following Saturday morning, which would have been eight days. And then I stayed in a step-down unit for nine more days. So it would have been 17 days. 
I seen a picture. Somebody showed me a picture of that spleen. That was unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I just and I never knew I was sick. And you know, as I'm talking to people out there, uh, one thing I will say: you never know when you're going to go from healthy one day to on death's door the next. Uh, we just there's a time appointed unto man. We don't know when that is. And me and you were just laughing and cutting up the night before at the fellowship hall, having a great time. And then yeah, less than it. 24 hours later, here we are. Yeah. I never, never dreamed you were sitting right next to me. We was cutting up, telling stories and, uh, you yeah. was telling stories about you and some about your dad. And we just having, having a time eating some food. I can't remember what yeah. we was eating, but we was having a good time. Never dreamed yeah. that you, you was four seconds from death less than a day yeah. later. it's just unbelievable but the mercies of god they're new every morning and so we that friday night you talk about a hard service to preach oh i can only imagine i tried you know to do you know to do our absolute best as as we try but everybody's mind was just so including mine everybody's mind including mine was on you oh yeah and was on the pastor's son we don't know if he's going to make it from minute to minute and, right. and so it was everybody's prayers. And, and so I, I just tried my best. And I, I remember saying, you know, if we can, if we can worship and get our minds on God here, you know, if we can get a hold of God here that, you know, God can touch him there. And, uh, and so we, we tried our best to get our mind on you and did have a good service and a good altar call, but it was, you know, it was just hard, you know, it's just the way That's, it is to get everybody's mind off of that's nearly impossible. And I don't think there was any way probably that that would have or could have happened. I just know that the saints of God bombarded heaven. And for those of you listening and everyone that prayed, I would not be here today without your prayers. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Really brother Dave, your dad was talking about everybody that called and text and he said he got so tired of texting back. His fingers were hurting. He had to give it over to, over (laughs) to your mom and, you know, really, yeah. you know, I've not, we've not had any like death, you know, death door experiences in our life, but just little things we've had. God's people are so amazing. They and are. with technology, the way it is nowadays, you know, people can hear about it in seconds. And yes. I know, I know you can testify that the holiness movement just, just bombarded phones and oh. bombarded heaven. And it was, you can say anything you want to say I, about that. I, I knew that we stuck together, that everybody stuck together. I knew that holiness people loved each other and would always be there, but it's not until you're facing death that you realize how much. And my phone blew up like crazy. I couldn't even keep up with the text. And there were some that didn't want to text because they didn't know if I could, that was texting my wife and my mom and my dad and my sister. And, you know, through social media and texting and phone, it was, it was just amazing to see the love that people have for one another. Right. Yes, sir. You know, and I, I know this and I'll, I'll tell the audience and I told you this, I've always heard my whole life. You hear about people knowing they're going to die or they say they knew they were leaving and I never doubted them, but I always wondered, but I knew that night I could feel my, I could feel my spirit leaving. And I told my wife and son on the way out, I told him, I said, I will not be back home if I don't have a miracle. 
that was my last words getting into the ambulance. Wow. You know, but, but God, I mean, what else can you say, but God. And so Monday, Monday night of camp meeting, that was three weeks past revival. Yep. So revival was the Sunday before Easter leading up to Easter. So Sunday to Sunday, except for Saturday. And then three weeks later, that Monday night was youth rally, always youth rally, Monday night, then camp meeting Tuesday through Friday. And so you was, you was released that weekend. I was released that day. I was released at three thirty. Okay, so it was Monday. On Monday, yep. And so you I was came released in at on three thirty on Monday and was at church by seven thirty. I could not wait. That was amazing. Everybody just seen you walking in, and Brother Douglas Meadow, the speaker that night, just couldn't believe you sitting there. Yeah. Just uh, yeah. We just praised God. We were just worshiping God that you were sitting there. You know, three weeks after that's just it's unbelievable. Well, in I think I ran the hospital nuts. I laid there when they put me into the step down unit. The plan was to only be there one or two days and come home to recover. My body then started doing some crazy things. And for those that know a little bit or those that don't, I had to go on blood thinners for the rest of my life because of fear of clotting. So I was on a specific blood thinner. It could only be on one because they found lupus, which causes blood clots they found that so they wanted to keep me in and see if they could regulate my blood well your um my other counts started going up and i started you know my inr which is seeing if you're regulated to the blood thinner was not working it was staying down they had to put me on ivs and put me on different medicines and and so um then my white blood cell count started going sky high and they're only supposed to be 300,000 on a normal person five to 600,000 is what your platelets are supposed to be with the spleen removed mine were the highest the hospital had ever seen I got up to 2.89 million wow they started you know doing some critical care treatment and told me that I was in critical condition they was afraid of heart attacks strokes they thought that I'd start clotting and throw them through the heart or lung again. So they started up in the medicine and telling me I couldn't go home all week long. I would tell them I have to go. We have a meeting at our church and I can't miss. And my numbers would get worse every day, day after day, they got worse and, until they climbed to the 2.9 million. And just to tell what God can do, my doctor that was in there on Friday, my two oldest boys was with me and he, he told me then, he said, until your platelets come under a million, I won't let you leave this hospital. He said, I don't care if it's three days or three weeks or however long it is, you're just not leaving. So I had a new doctor that come in and my other doctor was going to, that doctor that had told me that was going to come back Tuesday. And that new doctor had come in and he'd been with me Friday, Saturday, Sunday, well, Monday morning. I was just saying, you know, please let me go to church. Please let me go. I just need to be in service. That doctor looked at me, numbers not any better. I was at 2.75 million, so I came down just a hair, still considered in critical condition. And that doctor looked over at me and he said, son, can you tell me why you want to go home and why you want to go to church so bad? I said, I want to go to church because I just want to be there and I want to show the Lord 
you know, and praise the Lord, showing how much I love him. And I just want to be in church. And that doctor held his head down, looked up. He said, well, he said, I suppose that he's done more for you since you've been in this hospital that we have. And he said, I reckon if you're going to go, let him take care of you. He can do a lot better job than we can. <laughs> and so considered in critical condition, he released me. Wow. Four hours later, I walked in service and I was, I was in church there every night. I had to miss a couple of the day services due to clinics. And it was um, during that week that they found out that I had a rare type of cancer that I'm dealing with now. But I believe the Lord's going to touch that as well. Friday night during the camp meeting, numbers were still high. Nothing, nothing had been improving. And I was coming to church trusting God. And I will tell the audience, don't ever look at facts. Just trust the Lord. You know, and I just kept coming, kept coming. And then Brother John Brock called me out that Friday, wanted to pray, and the Lord blessed us. I went back to my clinics all last week, and my numbers went from 1.23 was my INR that Friday night that he prayed. It had to be to 2.5. They were giving me shots in my legs. I could barely walk. And after I got prayed for, my platelets at 2.75, my INR at 1.2, they called me on thursday of the very next week less than a week later and they said we have great news so we don't know what you're doing but your um inr is at 2.93 up from 1.23 so well over what it needed to be and my platelets came down from 2.75 million to as of thursday of last week and i go back in tomorrow 613,000. wow so I'm only 13,000 over what a normal person is without a spleen. So I just praise God for what he's done and how he's moving in my life. That's amazing. That, that Friday night service was just phenomenal. Well, every, every night service was phenomenal. And I tell you, when they called you up to get prayer and then your family and then your wife came up and your kids and that whole church, like the whole night service just went right to you all. And that whole yeah. church just, I mean, you could just hear it. Everybody was praying. There were some of them singing, but everybody was praying for you all. And the Holy Ghost just moved in that place. And oh, I, man. I thought you was just going to completely just shout until you didn't have no strength left. <laughs> I don't know if I had any strength left, but I had a few of them hold me up so I could still pray. I told my wife, Kelly, I said, I, we just literally watched the scripture there that said, God is the God of all comfort. He is the yeah. God of all comfort. I said, we just watched that yeah. with my own eyes. I just watched the God of all comfort come and put his hand on the family. It, it was amazing. It was, it was so wonderful. And I know someone had asked me afterwards, they said, I was afraid they was going to beat you to death. I was afraid that someone was going to hurt you. And I said, I don't think the Lord was going to allow me to get hurt. <laughs> wow. You know, but I felt so the Lord really came by and blessed us that night, blessed my wife and my kids. And we've been living on that strength for a while and knowing that God is good. And yes, sir, I have nothing bad to say. Everybody that's asked me, you know, what's happened or how am I feeling? Everything is God is good and God has blessed me. I could look back at how close I was and ask questions, but. 
you know, younger in my life, I wanted answers to a lot of questions. And now I don't even question God. I just know that God was there for me and I believe he's going to be there for me through the cancer. Uh-huh. And I believe God's going to heal that too. Yes, we will definitely believe God and whoever's on this audience, you can pray. And that's one reason I wanted to have you on here was to testify of what God's done for you. And, uh, and also I wanted to even spread the news that you need, you still need prayer and that we can yes. all bind together and believe that God can just, just completely touch you and make you all the way whole. Yeah. We have it backwards. We think that cancer is too big for God, but God's too big for cancer. So I just think the Lord is able to, uh, I'm crazy enough to know that God saved me from death and know that he can heal anybody of anything. Yes, sir. He can. Well, I appreciate you coming on here and sharing all that information so much. with us. And to you that are listening, please continue to pray for brother Brian Miller. If you know him or don't know him, but he's got an easy name, Brian Miller. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> It ain't like mine. Everybody messes mine up all the time, but, uh, We appreciate you coming on here, Brother Brian. I appreciate you so much. God bless you, and I hope that the Lord continues to help you in this ministry and this effort. I sure appreciate it, and everybody that's listening, please continue to pray for him, and we'll see you next week, everybody. Have a good day. of life I've run. The Lord says to me, my child, well done. There will be